welcome to the Morning Words podcast. You know your host here. I'm Shara. And I am Liz, and I'm extra hyper. I got my mom gear on, which I don't really know what a mom gear is, but this is my mom outfit. So I'm very cash for the people looking at me. I got my Rise Mijita t-shirt on, and I'm too yes. short, so I'm having to stand on my tippy toes for this. <laughs> and um, I feel like my tias that go to the mall, there's no malls anymore, are there? But back in the day... Okay, we used to go to the mall with the tias and they put on their white kicks and their blue jeans and their t-shirts and we'd like power walk, power walk, power walk. So I have, I'm standing up and I feel like I'm bringing in my tia vibe here, but not the toxica tia, the exercise tia. First of all, let's just go on record that you said mall, and there's probably people Googling it right now. Like, what is a mall? What do they do there? Stop Listen, it. Stop that, it. The, the place that sometimes now is an event space or a pop-up shop with some stores in it. That's what the mall. mall is. It's a mall. Okay. It's a mall. Let's get a mall hangout. You can't say uh, it's going to age me, and I know it. I don't care. Okay, because I go from being like 13 to 84. I don't have any yeah. in the middle. Any day. 1384. So, yes. um, so my 84 year old self would be like, you can't be like, oh, we're going to go hang out at the pop-up shop. That isn't, that isn't, that doesn't flow. Yeah, you know? it doesn't. No. But it's cute about? though. It's cute. But don't, let's not act like they didn't have. It's cute. Like give me my little personalized champagne bottle. Yeah. But listen, you remember when we used to go to the mall, they used to have them little backgrounds. Those little like glamour shots. Yes, you be like, "Oh, yeah. mama, I need five dollars," and you be like, "For something at school," and you just want to get one yeah, picture with your friend. Shot. Yes, with everybody the clouds? be like this, like had a little mm, hit it. For, like you just be cute. You be like, "Okay, let me wear my best outfit all day." Yes, and then every friend got their pose, and you be like, "Which one you gonna do? Which one you gonna I like do?" The, I used to do because I was a. Uh, I went through my. um my uh I don't even know what phase it was but it was after like blood in blood out movie came out and oh I, my wore, I wore my flannel shirts and I lined my lips with raisin the color raisin oh from Clinique Ooh, yeah so I was like this first of all don't be giving us that I'm not serious first enough. of all you know this audience don't know nothing about no blood in and blood out girl wait a minute Hold on, hold on, y'all. Don't go Google that one. Not on your work. Mm-mm. Oh, not on your email. No, you can you got to your personal don't phone. That in your work, please. That's why okay. I, that was a time in the, we don't, listen, let me just say, that is not um sanctioned by the Board of Words podcast. However, that flannel shirt was given. With the liner, though, that was cute. All right. If I could do it, I never did that. I never did liner. Because, you know, God gave me these mama, my mama lips. And so I don't have to do that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was only one pose where it's like you had to suck your stomach in. You had to pull it all in. Like, I mean, keep in mind, we talk about my high school, you know, what am I doing sucking in at that time? But anyway, I had one pose that was always mine and, and we would all do it and pay $5. But that's what them pop-ups are. They more expensive versions because they $40. I'd be like, where y'all getting this $40 to go to this pop-up? $40 and you get like a week worth of pictures though for social media. I'm telling you, it's kind of cute. I'm not gonna lie. 
And we're going to go, if y'all heard the episode before this episode, Sharon and I are going to travel the world and take pictures. I want to do, can I, can I mention their names? You know, our friends? Go ahead. I? Yes, I can. I want to do the Cece and Tristan fly dress pictures. Yes. The, so, the, first of all, Sutton's Google, Google Cece and Tristan Sutton. Go get you on Goals. one of those trips. Goals. We've been trying to get them on our podcast. So this is they pressure, pressure. I'm going to tag Tristan they in this. Busy. What country they in? Where they at? I don't know. <laughs> Bali? Greece? Oh, no. Dubai? But I want to go. I want to get those black dresses. Listen, I need to get a bay for these trips. That's the reason. Okay. This higher one is fine. No, no. Stuart doesn't want to go with me either. So I got to go find. Listen, we about to go to Gilbert. Like, so listen, we going to fly dresses. We going to be, we are bringing the diversity up in here. Let's go. Like, no, I'm just kidding. That, they have very diverse groups. First of all, I, I their hashtag uh, goals for sure. Um, but I love their trips. It's on my literally, like my list of life. Like I have Me to too. go to at least one of these trips yep. because it looks like so much fun. But I will say though, shout out to, I appreciate you bleaching all the way back. For your um for that flannel shirt moment, and I want to see a picture. I know you got one. I know Mama D got one. I'm getting a picture of this because I'll, I'll send see you a picture. Day. As a matter of fact, I'll even be brave and put it on our social media because it's don't so you good. dare! Oh, don't I'll you do dare. it! I'll do it. I'm pretty sure it'll be like, yes, I remember that, Mija. I love it. I used to have the little cornitos here, the like baby the little. Hair? No, 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 like I used to, it was like the little Oh, the spiral. The spi I, I see the spirals. I would get a pencil and I would spiral it like I this. I would hairspray it like Yes. Like, All the way. Let it go. And it would just yes. curl it. And then this really like tight, like like uh, Yes. Like, like you just gotta keep brushing it until it's like your hair just look like it's just I love it's it. on your skin. The yes. best time of our lives i love it for we sure didn't we didn't know a damn thing we didn't know we didn't shit. but we were cute though we it didn't matter we, we were cute, I was cute. I was cute and guess me. what we could walk for for days let me just say how many times like how did i get places i was the fittest of my fitness okay we walked everywhere i was like okay so where, were we, where was the car? I don't remember cars until like late high school. But let me just tell you about my fitness level between middle school and the first two years of high school. I mean, we had a good time. Like, because the mall, we had to walk to the mall, had to walk to the store, you had to walk to meet up with your friends. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how you did it in Texas, because Texas is not a walking city. Well, it's not we really we didn't thing. have that same experience. Like, we didn't walk. Like, my, my how mom. How did y'all get around in Texas, though, when y'all was young? Well, I was. I lived in a very strict Latino household. So my mom, I couldn't go to the mailbox by myself. So I had to be chaperoned everywhere I went. So Wait, you got a ride. Wait, but you got a ride though. Yeah, my mom. Me mom. Oh. Yeah. Or my my madrina, my my godmother. Yeah. Oh. That's hence why the mall walking experience. Whoever's watching I'm done. this on YouTube. <laughs> I'm watching this done. On 
I don't want to know. Don't tell me no more stories. But then you got the auntie moment too. Okay, listen. If we let us get off this topic, listen. If you are here, welcome to the show. Listen, Liz and I have been not able to co connect this. So welcome into our life of the conversations we have when y'all are not here. Uh, <laughs> and I still have more questions about who was all in the crew. But I know. Uh, shout out to Bestie. Uh, and she know who she is, Liz's Bestie. She know who she is. Uh, because I know she in that picture, and that's the two I want to see right there. Like I have a lot of questions. Oh. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway, I know it's let's cute. Get into that auntie moment, though. Let's yes, let's the, move the to the auntie moment. But listen, Liz, I know you're gonna do the auntie moment. So listen, what? First of all, everybody brace yourself because you never know what Liz gonna come with. If you don't listen to this show long enough, you just be like, one day I'm here laughing. Next day I'm crying. The next minute I'm like, wait a minute, sis, where in the world did that one come from? Like we have talked 47 times this week, and I ain't never heard this one. Okay. <laughs> Well, listen, I told our guests, because we do have a guest today, I told our guests, I said, look, just hold on, be patient with us, because we have like a, this long berated auntie moment, and Shara always teaches us something, she always like teaches us something, like she's learned something, and she's a source of knowledge, like that's her superpower, and she's great, like she's amazing at it, I teach you because I'm like, y'all, don't do what I did, okay, like, you will get in trouble okay you will get in trouble it will not be okay go back to I don't know how many episodes to talk about the whole food experience that definitely taught me a lot of things about life so yes <laughs> okay so auntie moment <laughs> actually my auntie moment is very very basic um I've been having a lot of conversations about boundaries uh, this this week. So this week has all been about uh, career transitions, boundaries, and values. And one of the things that came up, especially it can't, it's definitely come up for me because I'm I am trying to uphold my boundaries. I am one person that I values and boundaries um, is something that I it's one of my core tools that I use when I coach people. Because everyone has them, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're an emerging leader, whether you're a new leader, whether you're an executive, um, whether you're a student, uh, a, a caregiver, you have core values and what happens in your life if you don't understand your core value system and you don't have those boundaries in place, then um, in not so tactical, tactful words, but shit's going to hit the fan. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Like you don't have them. And when you lose a boundary in one of your values, see how it impacts the rest of your wheel. Um, I like circles because I like cupcakes and cookies. So I use circles, but you can use what whatever floats your boat. Um, but one of the conversations that we have I've had a lot this week with with people was on the uncomfortableness of establishing your boundaries when you hadn't had them before or you didn't have them defined enough before. And I'm extremely uncomfortable at the moment because I'm trying to set my boundaries. I have goals that I want to achieve um, in my professional life. And uh, yeah, I'm having, I'm normal. I'm a nor normally used to say yes to everything. And then I overload myself with work. And then I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm late. My back's hurting. And um, 
all these different things and I get tired. And then when I get tired and um, I'm not my best self, then other things start happening. Then I start doubting myself. Then I start panicking. My anxiety rises. And um, so I think that's one of the things that's definitely come up is how to how do you get comfortable with boundaries and the one thing that's really helped me is a constant reminder like one make boundaries that are attainable that and start small right uh and also hold yourself accountable for the small boundaries that you've that you've put in place you know like for example I have meal prepping right uh so I have a reminder, I have a sticky note that says, eat your food because I don't need to go buy food. I got food. I made it. I took two and a half hours of my time on Sunday and I made this food. Go eat that chicken. Go eat that broccoli. You got goals. Okay. Right. You want to be that Thea at the mall? Go eat your food. Mm -hmm. That's it. Hey. Hey, get your food. Hey, 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 get your food. Hey, 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 get your food. Hey, that's my new song. Listen, first of all, I appreciate this one, Liz. You already know boundary setting is something that I've continuously worked on. And I've actually taken a lot of feedback and mock role modeling from you. Listen, y'all, I don't know what, what month it is for you, but check them off. We're getting to the end of the year. If you ain't, it's time to really start setting up intentions on how you want to end the year and begin the next year, those boundaries are really important. More so because so often now with social media and other like social interactions, people, the boundaries seem to be off. Like everything seems to be for everybody. So this is the time to let people know what it is and what it ain't going to be. And I personally think that it's harder to set boundaries now more than ever because between working from home and you know, social media and how everything is so intertwined on all these different ways, not just the interpersonal ways, right? Like everything is so blended now into like your, your things that used to be separated. So boundaries have to keep be constantly reestablished. And the more we get more advanced or more mature in all the new ways of working and all the new ways of socially interacting, whether through technology or in, you know, people, but man, I'm with you on this one. That auntie moment is given. Yeah. And you made a great point. Like our, the lines are very blurred at the moment between work, home, life, everything. But you brought up a while ago in our episodes, uh, an integration. So I don't believe in work-life balance. That's something that I never signed up for, right? Like, it's just not me. But I think an integration, you put it on a very, I think it's one of our conversations actually, um, that you put it, you're like, actually think about it as an integration. You know, how are you going to integrate all these different components in your life together? And how are they going to work seamlessly? How are they going to impact one another? And one, one of my boundaries actually for the phone, because I'm always on social media, I'm always posting. I have like five accounts. I retired one account. We said goodbye to it. I know it's a different life. I was a different person then. So we sunsetted it and we said, thank you for bringing me the joy that you did when you did whatever. But what I started doing is I started putting it. It's not on purpose. It was by accident because I'm too lazy to replace the charger next to my bed for my phone. I know, but it don't work no more. So I, 
I'm too lazy to replace it because I got to go find, I got to find. Anyways, I'm going off track. So I'm now leaving it downstairs where we have like all the kids iPads and Nintendo switches and all like our media thing. So I've been putting my watch and my phone there and Alejandra tells me what time I need to wake up anyways, or my four-year-old tells, or my five-year-old tells me what time I need to wake up. So that's actually helped me. So I don't wake up and go straight to Instagram because that help, that messes with your mind. First yeah. Of first of all, that is a strong boundary. Ooh, not, I mean, I need it. I needed it in my arms reach, but um, downstairs, woo child, that's a that's a grown yeah, I'm up. I'm too lazy to go downstairs. Like that's a grown I don't up. go downstairs until after I've had my first cup of coffee. Woo child, that's a grown up move. There, yeah, I can't. Ooh, you made my look. This eyebrow here is sweating, thinking about how far is that. Ooh. Although uh-uh. now I'm making my case to get the coffee machine alarm clock from like the 40s or 50s. First of all, super cute. I saw it. I was like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's one cup. And it's listen, I already over. know who your spouse is. It's going to be a no. So <laughs> I just know, I know your spouse enough to know. It's probably been several no's and you just keep trying. I just say give up and just, just and let I it go. Up on that one. It's critical. I said, couldn't it like, I just press the button. You know, it would be a current because I, I can't afford the, uh, well, I can't oh, that one it. that you shared. Oh yeah. That was that's like, a bit expensive. It's a little out of my price range of what I would spend listen, on a coffee machine. I think it's a sun clock because it got, as expensive as it is, it must be calling the sun to I make get, the, I'd get the uh, I'd get the Keurig version of yeah. it. So, you know how like yeah. Keurig makes that big old noise. It does that pop, and then it goes. Yeah. yeah, yes. I'm on your spouse's side on this. It's a no because once if you drinking your coffee, first of all, you make amazing coffee. You drinking that coffee from your bed? I can't handle you going straight over to that office. I can't handle that. I can't handle your with my pantuflas. With my pantuflas, like listen, I can't handle you. I need you to go downstairs get some of that energy out. Come back upstairs, get some of that energy out, and then handle all the things. But anyway, let's move right. into our guest. First of all, I love yes. that auntie moment. Listen, get your boundaries, right? If you don't know what we're talking about, listen, sign up with Liz. I mean, Liz is an amazing uh, coach. Get with Liz and her business to make sure you talk about, you know, your values, your boundaries, what's important to you, right? What are those personal goals, professional goals? Listen, I love Liz. Listen, I, I love sharing her with the world, but I'm just noting that she she's busy. So get in there. That's why I'm going to give her, give you a little shout out there. Um, So let's talk about our guest. So we got a guest today. Listen, this guest is one of the people, is a person that I met at an event. So listen, as y'all know, as I talk to y'all a lot, Liz and I, especially when Liz was in the U.S., we get invited to a lot of different things. And similarly, um, you know, there's a season where there's usually a lot of events. Like if you're in the industry, um, there's an event uh, that you go to like galas and foundations and just different community events. Like if you are really invested in this work, you are moving, shaking, talking to people constantly. Like there is instances, minus the summer, where well summer in the US, okay, um, is where you are doing a lot of like interacting and like really engaging to make change and finding change agents in the world to do this work. So, and also great organizations and partnerships that help do this work and raise money to help businesses and nonprofits move and do justice work. So listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that means you need to loop in and look into the community part of diversity, equity, inclusion, and you'll learn a little bit more about 
the organization. So listen, I got invited to this uh, foundation awards, had no clue, right? Like I got the call, I'm like, yes, I've never heard of this foundation. Super excited to come. Shout out to uh, Katie Maynard who invited me um, along with um, several other people. There's a, if I can find a picture, I'll send the, get the picture. But went to this foundation, as soon as you walk in, first of all, we're in, I mean, let's just say it, we glance up, okay? This is not just fabulous, we fab, okay? We is cute, cute, okay? So we go into this place. First of all, culturally speaking, I'm overwhelmed. Because typically you come into these instances of these award ceremonies, they're very much so given hotel catering vibe. Like we here, thank you for coming. Eat your, um, you know, your dry chicken. Um, and thank you for I your money. Dry chicken. You so know what I'm saying? You know do what not, I'm talking about. Do not take me to those kind of events. Okay. Seriously. And I mean, we like this, right? Like trying to get through the chicken yeah. and try to act like it's not Everybody's dry. talking at you and they get stuck right here. Like, and then, and then what do they give you? No, no offense. No, no offense, Texas. Say it. Don't give me some watered ass down iced tea. Why? Right. With the wet outside oh. glass. Don't Ooh. do yeah. that. Don't invite yeah. me to that event. Okay. Don't right. invite me to that one. And no lemons. The limits is missing. I don't know. Just let it go. Let's let it go. Because this wasn't that. We walked in, culturally speaking, you're overwhelmed by the fact that, okay, this organization cares culturally about you understanding what's important to them. So there is traditional dance, traditional music. There is uh, videos playing, showing like what the, the foundation does. There's these pictures like, um, like once everybody you met was like trying to like welcome you was very family feeling. I mean, from the person who's selling you the raffle ticket to the person who's just saying, Hey, here's over, here's the bar, the music, the dancing, everything said, this is who, this is our identity. This is us. So at first I was like, okay, this ain't, okay. I thought that, this is where I'm supposed to be. Well, I go into this beautiful place and the program was exquisite. So the foundation really thought through like they had well-being like a moment of meditation in the actual program there was singing that was culturally significant right there was just moments of just gratitude and grace and you almost forgot that this was like in a gala kind of a gala or a war ceremony but one of the key parts in there while all this amazing things has happened is that we're really focused on education right like stem like we're this is like the science the technology the arts i mean these kids are literally doing pitches about how to you know challenge uh climate change and all these things so keep in mind this is sensory overload when you are used to you expecting graduation right like you're like okay let's go in here be good eat and get out right this was phenomenal right but the biggest gift of this whole thing if that is not enough is that i got to meet an amazing person but let me just tell you how in my mind this happened this is definitely probably not the way it happened for her but listen so what happened is we at the table everybody's looking fabulous um and then there's just a moment of like okay everybody just kind of gets to know who everyone is before we continue to the rest of the awards and out of the corner of my eye i was like there is a swag in this room that is undeniable if first of all this person was just to the t honey just beat to the guys okay and was just dressed 
just floated over to our table and was super friendly um, and also had a person with them who was very talented, very handsome. Like everything about this situation was just like, okay, hold on. What, what am I doing in this space, right? I was expecting formal graduation. Now I'm here. It's a whole vibe. Okay, like it felt very special, very celebrity, very giving. Well, I got to meet this amazing person. And well, the first thing she said was welcome. Like, thank you for coming. Like, I immediately felt like I was at her house. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be at your house. Like, thank you. Like, it was so caring. Genuinely, she went person by person, talked to each one of us to, as if though we were in her home. Like, you didn't need to know there was 200, 300 people. I can't even tell you how many people. It was a huge place how many people were there, but I felt intimately like I was invited. And the reason I go into the detail about that is because we often forget the moment of how to engage and connect with people. But this was the one of those moments where I was like, I'm not leaving this place without your number. Something about what you and your, your foundation and your family is doing is super important. And thank you for feeling, making me feel like I wasn't othered in this space. Cause it could be easily that case. I was so happy to be there. So you please come on and share, unmute, tell everybody. I want everybody to see you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I loved that um, Foundation Award ceremony. I loved everything about it. It set the bar so high, but more so because you and your family showed us so much love and care that I forgot that that ideally that was my first interaction, but I felt like I belonged. And that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> Most of Girl, those- You better places. stop. You yeah. better stop. This is, that is so kind of you. Thank you so much for saying that. And for this wonderful introduction, you guys, thank you for having me here. Um, Yeah, honestly, the gala for us is mainly about just connecting with our community because here's the thing about any nonprofit work it is not going to be successful if the community does not back you up. Because the whole reason that we're even doing this is to add a couple levels into our community. And that can't happen without a general awareness for everyone and a general commitment from everyone. So thank you so much for being there. And what she is leaving out is that she looked fabulous, which is why I was like, hey, I love your outfit. Like, how are you? And then we got to talking and well, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, Shara gets uh she gets styled by the Beauty Project. So yeah, so she and Beauty Project's amazing. So yes. Shara, you uh you were a force to be reckoned with when we did our discovery call and your energy, your vibe, everything just like lifts our spirits. Like I just got so many chills and thank you for for waiting for us as we get through our auntie moment and everything. You changed your background and everything as you're waiting <laughs> for us. Um, but usually, and, and I know you started with your foundation, um, and also, you know, like Shara mentioned, like the community aspect of it, but would you, we always start with our guests on the diversity wheel. We like to get to know, uh, people like how, what, um, how they resonate with the diversity, what dimensions they identify with, because we make a lot of assumptions all the time. And so this this is more an opportunity for our guests to say, you know, what what are those dimensions that really resonate with you from that diversity wheel? 
Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for even bringing that up into our discussion, because as I was doing the pre-work for our call, like it really gave me an opportunity to reflect on my past, present and my future, um, just going in from like the core to the organizational dimensions. But for now, I would definitely say that I am tapping into both my core and internal dimensions, and that is helping me understand my external if that makes sense. Um, so out of my core, we will get to it because I'm excited to announce what I've been working on. But regarding the internal dimensions, I would definitely say that the top three that have impacted my life would be age, nationality, ethnicity, and then gender. And um, I can go into it. <laughs> yes, please. I was just about to say, I'm like, tell me a little more about that. Of course. So I would say age would be the top contender just because I got to experience a couple different dimensions to my life when I was younger that helped me process how I look at the world today. And one of the things that is very interesting with age, and I work with high school kiddos right now, it's so interesting when you see a young person go through something that even adults can't necessarily comprehend, right? Because the adults talk to that young person in a way that is almost there to protect their innocence. And when these kids are, when kids and including myself when I was younger and the things that I had gone through, it was hard for adults to talk to me because they wanted to one, preserve my innocence, but at the same time, like I wanted to have the conversation because there were so many things that were happening that I needed to start processing. So my experience as a young kid has definitely flown into what I do today. And whenever I deal with kids that have a little bit of a troubled background, it's more of like, how do I both address you as a kid? Because your emotions haven't completely matured. And at the same time, how do I address the dialogue that you are waiting to have? Mm, that is, yeah, that is so powerful and and so important too, because the reality is like young kids, and I'm coming from a perspective where I have two young kids. So it's always a challenge for me to figure out, okay, are you emotionally available for me to have this conversation with you? Mm -hmm. Yet you're asking the questions. And if I don't, if I'm not honest with you, um, or if I'm, if I personally am uncomfortable with this topic and don't give you the resources or the knowledge that you're searching for, you are going to get it from somewhere else as well too. So how do I, you know, do that dance that, yeah, that's really, that's really critical. And I would imagine as, you know, as, as you grow up, when you get into mm -hmm. the teenage years and then the teens and then the young 20s and um, th there's a lot of complexities too with you know hormones and experiences and different things so yeah I I applaud you for that and I also think it's really interesting how you've brought in you know what your experience is kind of fueling your passion for what you do today and I always I, I think it's I think I love that about it, that you turn something, maybe an adversity or something, and you be, it turned into a passion where you're now helping a community. And I love that kind of switch on things too. I'm, as I'm pretty sure, like, you know, it's probably difficult what you went through. Being that and all your um, like dimensions that resonate with you, 
how, what, what are the stereotypes, if anything, or how have they impacted you and how you show up in different spaces, whether it's at work, at home, or a combination of all? Right. So regarding age, I would definitely say like the term maturity is interesting because you expect it's like applaudable when kids are mature. And then when adults act mature, it's kind of like, oh, you're supposed to think that way. But at the same time, like problematic adults are troubled kids, you know, so like you have to make that connection between how people are aging and what they are processing. So I would definitely say that that's a stereotype like age does not necessarily equate to wisdom of any being so experience is definitely the top contender more than age in in my, in my experience and then outside of that regarding my nationality so I'm Indian I was born in the U.S. but I grew up in India for the first 10 years of my life and when I moved here it was very interesting to figure out what my identity exactly was because I was I was too Indian to be American but then when I went back to India, I was too American to be Indian, you know? And so that little, that little game right there definitely started to shape my identity. Like even my name, right? My name is Shadu, and my mom calls me that and my family calls me that, but it was so hard for anybody here to even pronounce my name that for a little bit, I kind of forgot how to pronounce my name. And when I got to college and I was done being called Shay, you know, I was like, okay, how do I... How do I own my own name again? How do I own my own identity again? So definitely with age and then gender. My parents went through a divorce when I was about 10 years old. And ever since that, it has pretty much been me, my mom and my sister in terms of like immediate family. So I've definitely had a strong female role model in my life. Both of them are very strong females in my life and I love them to death. Um, but that has also shaped my view of what a woman can do and what a woman can't do. And let me tell you this, there's a lot of things that we can do and very little that we can't. <laughs> uh, a to the men. Thank you. Yes, yes, we can do. I was just talking about how we women, especially women who have a, well, all women work, period. But let's say you have a nine to five, right? And you go a nine to five work for eight hours women do four and a half hours of caregiving work, unpaid caregiving work when their nine to five is done. And most of the time, the nine to five is not a nine to five. That was just uh, a movie. So there's that. Mine's like six to six or I don't know. Oh, yeah. To oh, yeah. 11 my million. mom, my mom in high school, like she not only worked more like a five to six and I mean, like, she'd go in at 5 a.m. and come home at, like, 6. And usually I'd have to call her and be like, hey, it's time to come home. And she's like, okay, I'm wrapping up, I promise. You know, but, like, she's coming home and she'd have to travel a lot for work. So even when I was in high school, I learned a different responsibility in myself as well because I wasn't necessarily just representing myself. I was representing my mom, my single mom, who's working hard, kind of trying to juggle all of the weight of the world. And I have to do my part to make sure that I'm also helping her out because I can't just be another thing that she's got to juggle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure for a young kid, right? Especially like when you have, again, going back to like the complexities and the hormones and all the things that are happening to you, especially the divide where there isn't a necessarily a sense of belonging. Um, and I think so many people can resonate with that. Um, 
first generations definitely can resonate with that where I always go back to the Selena movie where her dad was like, you got to like tortillas and you got to like bread. You, you know, you you got to like all these different kind of combinations of things. And but there's not like, again, you're not there's no identity in one. And, and I think it's seeking your own community on what what that is. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. And I mean, I think it goes to, it's probably, everybody's probably curious now, like your journey, right? Like what, what is all of those experiences you just shared, right? Those pieces of your identity and the dimensions that you got to just share with us, like what has been your journey and what is the journey now? Right? (laughs) Well, okay. So how do we, how do we break this down? I would say that my journey has revolved around me understanding my own voice and the power of my story and the power of my voice. So when I was younger, uh, my parents definitely went through a very turbulent divorce that created two personalities in my life. One personality that continuously almost lived with their pain and another person that decided to to move through their pain. And um, that just... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure you understand it's like dark and light and you understand that each of them have a purpose. So the thing about pain that I've understood and even when I was younger is that pain is not necessarily a bad thing. Because when I was younger, I'd, I'd always ask myself like, okay, why did this happen to me? Like, why me? And I hear kids that I work with today say the same thing. Like, just why me? Why does it have to, why does this have to happen to me? But the thing about my story when I was younger is that it taught me how to look at the world and how to look at people who are struggling. And I say that with all the love in my heart. And it also teaches me a little bit of boundaries, you know, like Keanu Reeves said that she was asked a question, like, are you a lover or a fighter? Right. And he was like, well, if you're a lover, you got to be a fighter. And that pretty much sums up my journey to who I am today. So when I was younger, um, the divorce led to a messy kidnapping. It led to me being without my mom for quite some time. It led to me learning how to advocate for myself when I was just like 11 years old. Right. And so again, like I had mentioned, all the adults surrounding me, they were like, you know, it's okay. Just a child, enjoy life. And I was like, no, because when you go to bed and you wake up with the same problem, your narrative in your brain starts changing. You start to see the world. You need to start processing things. And I'm very thankful for my mom to have always had a very honest conversation with me from when I was younger to now. But that conversation definitely led me to understand my own purpose through my story. So now this little project that I'm working on, (laughs) it's called the So True Podcast. And I'll tell you a little bit about the name. The name is actually a name that I was given to me, (laughs) given by my mom. So when we're younger, like, you know, there's love names, there's nicknames, and then there's your actual name. So Sochu, Soch in Marathi means a thought. And it was because when I was a baby, I guess I just like to stare at things and I would just not react before (laughs) unless I thought about it. So it was just one of those things. And when I was finding my podcast, I was like, okay, how do I integrate the story that I've been dying to tell and the story that I want to learn about? And I was like, that is actually the identity that I want to focus on. I want to focus on the younger me who 
had a voice, who had a purpose, and who was actually worth listening to, and also had curiosity and had a lot of love in her. Because one of the things that was very hard for me, even when I was younger, it's like, I saw both my parents experience the divorce in such a different way, but they were both in pain. Like divorce is never easy for either party that is going through it. It's a completely different shift in your life. And during that time, like my dad was hurting and he didn't make the best decisions, but I could see that he was making those decisions almost out of a panic. Like he was just trying to keep everything that he loved together. And my mom was trying to fight for her own freedom. She was like, okay, now I need to figure out how to love myself. And so both of those components are important. And so today when I listen to people's stories or when I listen to people's experiences, there are so many dimensions at play and it is very, it's simple to say what is right and what's wrong. It's harder to understand what made you do it and what have you understood and what are you going to do about it? I love, I love all of that. Like I love the project. I love the name and the significance of it. I'm already like, where, where, where do I sign up? Because I need to w- listen to all these episodes when I go on my. Me too. I'm coming. I'm here for it. I also love. Um, it made me think about uh one of the questions I just saw somewhere about usually the story or the narrative is what would you tell your your younger self? And it almost made me think about flipping it a little bit. What would your younger self tell you today? Ooh, see, I just (laughs) asked myself this question the other day because (laughs) my younger self, she was a fighter, but oh my God, was she a lover? Like no matter what she fought for, she always made sure to give people a chance to understand love in their own way. And therefore, she was able to understand people's pain. So today, as I get older, I definitely, I know as an art, as a, as an adult, you get tired of the bullshit eventually. You know, you're like, okay, I've dealt with this too many times. I don't think I have the capacity. You're cut, and it's harder to keep that pathway of forgiveness of openness, of communication. And I still struggle with it. I am not saying that I have gotten the whole thing down, but even listening to my younger self, like the older me wants to protect my younger self. She's like, no, don't just try to go out there forgiving. Don't go out there trying to give love to everybody because you're going to get hurt. And then the younger self is like, it's okay. You have the capacity. You'll be fine. You'll learn with them. You'll grow with them. You got to give yourself a chance. So I would definitely say that my younger self is telling my older self to just all gas, no brakes, be in it, <laughs> be in, keep learning, keep growing, stay curious and be you. And most importantly, use that damn voice. Use that voice. Wow. First of all, the gems that's being dropped in here. I don't know if y'all know who y'all, who we got here today. Okay. Cause if you don't know. <laughs> So yeah. true, listen, this So True podcast is going, first of all, it's fire already, okay? I we ain't listened to one episode, but Liz and I going to have a little watch party or something. We got to know what's going on here. But I will <laughs> say, it's, you know, it's really hard listening to this conversation. And I'm smiling because I'm happy because my inner child is feeling heard by your story. Because that fight part, that just like, okay, I want to love so hard that I'm a fight for or I'm a protector and I got to, you know, 
all of those are in my, like, that is the core of who I am. And I always have to talk to that person, that version of me. Um, but I love so much of that. So much of that is me. It has been me for so long that the, to your point, talking to that adult part is like, okay, for real, we have to be better. We need to grow. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm done. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm tired. I don't did all I can do. No. But at the same time, I just love, right. That I, when you said just all gas, no brakes, that's, that's it. It's almost like, and I love the curiosity because that's what coaching has given me, right? Like we are, Liz, um, Liz and I are coaches, right? Like, so we help people with their personal and professional goals. And ideally that's what coaching gave me, which was the freedom to talk to and really invest in asking my inner self, my inner child, those questions. And then also asking myself those questions with a lens without others expectation. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's been so eye-opening and all the words and the journey that you've had has been, is really like resonating with me. And I'm sure it's resonating with a lot of listeners too. But I mean, I need to take that question, right? Like what would my inner child say today? Like we all need- What to would they? I need to know. What would so, your inner child tell you? What would, yeah, you go first, Shara, because I, I got a whole thing. Go ahead, you go first. My inner, I, really quick though, my inner child will tell me that it wasn't your responsibility. It wasn't your responsibility to try to fill the gap. Yeah. And I think that is something that I constantly have to check myself with, even to as an adult. Don't have to fill the gap. My parents also divorced. And one of those experiences is being the filler between all of those adult emotions. And not just that, I'm in a part of a big family who all lived in the same house. And so they all had emotions. And so being the intermediary in the thing that is actually your own experience is really hard as a kid and not knowing the language or the words. Um, and, and ultimately what it did was just, I grinded into anything that I was in. If I was playing, I was playing hard. If I was in school, I was going hard. If I was, whatever it was, it, it just was like, to your point, all gas, no breaks, because I had to channel that energy, right? Somewhere, right? It was go hard or go home. That was my motto. It still has been for years. It was one of those things. Like I was in every sport and those types of things, but yes, my inner child would say, you don't have to, you don't have to fill the gap. I love that. I love that. And it's true, Cher. I mean, how, every time you and I talk, I'm like, you don't have to be everything for everybody. Just so you know, like you have to allow people to fail, whoever it is. They have to They have to have autonomy of their own lives. And if they need it, they will ask for help, right? And you know that you'll always give it to them, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, my, like, I really, really struggled with this question. Like, seriously, I journaled like pages. There's like a whole book of what I, I had no idea. I had no idea what my inner child would tell me until like recently, mm -hmm. um, which was you don't have to grow up this fast because I was always wanting to be in another time that it was going to be better because I was older that I was going to, if, if I, if I, my um maturity level, I guess you would say to use you. I know like there's different meanings to maturity, but I was always light years ahead. I was six, but 84. I would never hang out with my own age group. I was always with the adults at the adults table. 
and possibly hearing things that I probably shouldn't have been hearing at the time and taking on things that I probably shouldn't have been taking on at the same time either. And mm -hmm. I was so in so many aspects, even the simple things, you know, I wanted to grow up and wear grow up grown up clothes. I wanted to wear the makeup, hence the raisin color Clinique. I wanted to be the older cousins. I wanted to go out. And I was like a 15 year old girl going out with like the older kids, right? Probably should not have been out there like ever, right? Taking on that responsibility that an adult should have been taking. And Shara, to your point, like it's not my responsibility, a hundred percent. My life experience um, with my own father was to be the adult. My mom couldn't stay at the house any longer because her safety was at risk. So what did I do? I should have gone with my mom because that was my mom. And she's like, no, you know what? I can do it. And I stood there and it's like, you know, that wasn't your responsibility. That yeah. wasn't you. That was, that's a grown folk thing. And so that's why right now at this moment, like coaching for me and that whole experience with CDI, it brought that, brought that up for me. That youthfulness is actually one of um, vibrancy and youthfulness is something that's a, that's a core value of mine. So when, when there's a situation that's impacted that, like I, I had a situation a few years back when someone called me an old lady and it just raw. I mean, I know, I know I go from like 13 to 84, but I'm like a young 84, you know, like I'm not like an old, old lady. Um, I know. <laughs> Sharon knows exactly what the old lady I'm talking about that I am. But it's like, that's so important to me. And it's like, I think that time it, that that's when I realized that it triggered that part of me and, and my inner child telling me like, don't grow up that fast. You don't need to enjoy this childhood of yours which is probably why I collect Legos <laughs> I love that that is the cutest Lego I have seen is that a piñata Lego it is a piñata Lego and he and it it uh yeah there you go <laughs> it takes out candy but first yeah all, no, that's mine it's so cute first of all did first of all uh sure you how you gonna um uh, start interviewing us see this is why you got to check out the podcast now listen I, I i will be remiss to ask this question and I, I and we asked this question um before i don't know why this little hand raised thing just popped up clearly my spirit just was doing all the work um but i mean i these are hard conversations right and so i have to imagine that some of the experience that you're doing, and I know we haven't really talked about the foundation or yet, but I, ideally I have to imagine that these experiences and specifically the language that you're using, right? It's been either developed over time or it's, and also it's been so helpful to, because you work with so many like young children and individuals, like how has not just your journey, but all this experiences kind of led into the the work that you're doing with your foundation and your family and like your overall mission, because I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm, I, like Liz said before, our passion has driven so much of what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And you're starting in a very, at a different place with us. Like, I mean, very much so more enlightened from, you know, where you are sitting in your life and where Liz and I are sitting in our life. But, and that's amazing. That's what we want, right? <laughs> Make the, the generations do it for us. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. We tired. We tired. Absolutely. I understand. <laughs> I understand. 
like like you're saying generational the generational flow is such a big focus of our foundation just because you cannot be a leader if you do not leave a system behind for others to understand and work with if you are a leader that strictly holds onto your creation onto your organization to fulfill strictly your purpose it will crumble when you leave it will crumble and so from my grandma to my mom to my sister to me to whoever it is to follow like we have to make sure that the ideology is intact of what we are what we've been pushing for is connecting with what concerns us now to connect us with what is it that we need to start thinking about my mom always says that she never thinks about things in 10 years or five years or 50 years, but she thinks about things in 200 year spans. So like, how are my kids generations after going to benefit from what I'm doing? And that connection is so important. And especially when I'm working with kids, like high schoolers, the world feels so immediate. Everything feels like it has to be done now. It's not going to move on. You're going to be stuck here forever. And it's basically trying to help them connect back with their environment. That the environment that has created all of this pain and this trauma isn't the environment that you're going to stay in forever. You know, like I was talking to a girl the other day and she's just like, I just want to feel safe. I don't want to keep doing this anymore. I don't want to keep feeling this pain. And all I can tell her is you're going to be able to look back at this one day. And everything that you're going through right now will allow you to talk to someone else that goes through it later. And that's it. That's it. Like we can't disconnect from our pain either. You know, we can't disconnect from the things that bug us because these things fuel our passions. They fuel our desires to create, to connect. And um, yeah, that's 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 a little bit about... <laughs> the philosophy, but going back to the foundation, my grandmom has done something. Both my grandmoms actually are phenomenal people. So one's got a green thumb and the other's got the educational thumb. So my dad's mom has done everything in regards to making sure that farmers have resources and we respect nature and that we are one with it. And my grandma has done everything to make sure that we are connected with our kids and our kids for the next generation have all the resources to be successful amazing human beings and um one of the things that I would say both my grandparents have taught me is to never focus on what you don't have never focus on what you don't have but create with what you do and that has just been something that has gotten me through things no matter what because I'm like you know what it's it doesn't matter what I don't have if I'm I'm gonna make a little project I'm gonna be a little crafty with what I've got going on and our kids in India so my grandma she started this school about 20 years ago and it started with about five kids under a tree that she would basically pay the parents a couple cents to be like hey just let me start teaching them some math and science and the reason that she would pay them is because a lot of these families did not see a purpose in letting their kids go get an education when these kids could be used for labor right 
And so when that happens, my grandma was just trying to break that disconnect. And over time, like these kids ended up bringing their friends and the school grew. And now we have a school of about 200 kids and we support around 50 families. Yeah, so that is just a beautiful thing. And the school is located on a mountaintop. Um, and it's just a whole ecosystem. Like all the families that we support, they fill back into the school, whether it's working with the cows or working with the students or making sure the campus is okay or working in the kitchen. Like everyone's got a purpose and everyone sees the outcome of their purpose. You know, like everything just stays connected. First of all, I, first of all, the pictures were stunning that you all showed um, about the school uh, absolutely stunning. I I will also say that one thing we often forget that service is community. And, you know, we kind of move away from that sometimes when mm -hmm. you're in, you know, housing developments and we get so city blocked, right? Into yeah. just concrete worlds, right? But yeah, service is community. And, and if you think, if we, if anybody goes back to when you were young and you had to do something in community or in as a family or part of a big family or, or a small family where you had a responsibility, it was important. It's nothing more in exciting, even though at the time, I'm sure you like wanted to do some other things. There's nothing more exciting to be able to say that you were a part of something, right? And then even as adults now become really important to say that you were a part of something and to see that it still exists. So I, yeah, I, I, I think we miss that a lot in community. Sometimes people yeah. be like, oh, I showed up and I was here, but were you in service, right? Like, were you in service for another while you were mm -hmm. spending time or engaging with another? I think we miss that um, right. in conversations. And like being in service, the thing about being in service is like, you don't deserve to be there, if that makes sense. Okay, like service is not something that, each person should feel like they have a right to do just because mm -hmm. they're there, but it has to come from a genuine desire to do. It's one of those things that you earn the respect of your community as you do it. You don't just go to do service to be like, hey, I did it. I'm fabulous. I'm awesome. I'm involved. Good day. You don't get to do that. Like You get to go in there. You get to show up for the people. You start asking the people that you're working with, what do you need? How can I help you? I'm here to be of service to you. You're not here to be of service to me. A hundred percent. That a hundred percent. Yeah. I just, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And I think it brings so much of like your humbleness that comes in here. And and even it, sh it showcases, it's like, it's such a core, like you and how you show up in places. And it goes back to Sharon, how she met you and, and just the light and the beauty. I just, I really love that. And I love the conversation. I had to go downstairs. My kid was opening the front door. I understand. I hope My they're inside. moment. <laughs> I had to like run downstairs. Um, I like to go back to like, as leaders asking about your legacy. That's actually one of the questions that I use a lot in our leadership conversations with people. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? And I think it, asking yourself that, asking yourself about what your child what you you as a child would tell yourself and what was the last time you know you wanted to dream and what was that dream about and I just think like that's that's so beautiful and and I think your foundation and your own legacy of what you're creating because it's like I, I can imagine that having this family legacy and having this foundation and like Shara said you're like having it we're not having to but like you're 
this is what you're going to do, or this is what you've chosen to do. How hard is it for you to have carved out your own path? Because from where I sit, it seems like you've done, you're very successful at carving out your own identity with it and next to it, where it's like helping you as part of it, as it being your whole identity. How did you do that? Just out of curiosity. How? I feel like I had to just tap into my core values and where they stemmed from, you know? And regarding like legacy, I would say that no person is too small and no story is too small. Because for a long time, I almost felt like my story was an inconvenience to be told because it shed light on things that weren't entirely gray and it weren't entirely positive. And I made that part of my identity for a long time too. Like I made sure to not wear my story on me all the time because I didn't want to turn into this like sad bubble of sadness, (laughs) you know? But as I grew up, like I understood that my story fueled my core values and it comes from a purpose. It comes from a genuine place. And as I grew older, I started to tap into my story. I started to get comfortable telling my story, started getting comfortable just owning my story. And that also allowed me to not just see the pain in my story. It allowed me to see the beauty in it. It allowed me to see the good life in it. It allowed me to see the relationships that blossomed from something that was not great. You know, like it, kindness is a beautiful thing, but when kindness shows up where it is absent, that is a marvelous thing. And that is something that deserves all the credit in the world. So like for all my family that showed up for me during some of my lowest, darkest times, thank you for being kind where I couldn't see a place for it. Yeah. I I was about to say, you know. Who's cutting some onions up in here? Nobody. Tell them to stop it right now. I, you know, kindness is one of those words that I'm constantly working on. Liz has introduced that word to me. And, and quite frankly, her boys have too. Uh, and I think that we don't use kind enough. And I don't think we honestly in, in, in society have spent a lot of time understanding the difference between kind and nice. But I will say that I agree with you 100%. Kindness in a place where you didn't expect it or where it's been absent is life-changing. And like when you said that, I could literally see the names of the people or the faces of the people who showed up in those spaces. And that is what the opportunity is as we connect with each other and no matter what you're doing. And I think sometimes we forget that piece. Like not nice to get a social media moment, but kind because that's who we are. It's our values. And you really care about the other person across from you, regardless of their relationship. I I really, it really resonates with me. And it also brings up when you talk about kind is like you all talked about the work that you do in the, like the schools with the kids with around wellness and meditation and that was the first word that kind of came up to me when I, I heard about this. Cause I was like, you know, of all the things that people can do in high schools, you know, oftentimes people go back for career days and Hey, getting you ready to work. Like everything is in motion. It's not necessarily in that moment. And that part, and Liz is really passionate about this and kind of bring more awareness around it for me is that mindfulness and that mindfulness that allows you to be kind and to be in that moment. Would you mind just sharing just a little bit about, you know, why that's, why that has important and in general, what has kind of been the impact of that word? 
Yeah, absolutely. So breathing, breathing is something that we all do and we take for granted. Like it will really set the rhythm of our thoughts and it will set the rhythm of ourselves. And I've had to remember that multiple times because there are multiple times where I will get caught up and swept in my emotions, as does everybody. And you just got to remember, take a deep breath in just and hold it and release. And the reason that we bring these mindful practices into classrooms or high schools is because a lot of these kids, life is happening so fast that they need just a second to understand what voice is in their head. We all have to understand what voice is it that we are listening to? What voice is commanding us to do things when we even insult ourselves? Whose voice are you actually hearing? Are you really listening to your own voice or is it someone else's voice Mm. showing up in a disguise? A hundred percent. Yeah. I keep saying this a hundred percent, but I do love that the mindfulness, especially to high schools, right? Like going back to what you mentioned earlier, this like desperation as a high schooler because like life is happening so fast there's so many things to do there's so many like timelines that we put on ourselves and we we sign up for and we say well we got to do this now and we got to do this and then we got to do that and then I got to be married and then da-da-da. and it's like actually life is short but it's also very long at the same time and you can regenerate yourself you can ch- pivot at any moment and those p- life pivots is what's going to help you grow and, and and bring your own story and create those levels of dimensions where I like to use like the Shrek moment and your, your onion. I know, I, again, my child than me, okay? I'm going to use the Shrek onion. I'm an onion, I got layers. <laughs> I know people use cake. I'm going to use an onion. Anyways. I like onions. Let's do it. Yeah, there's a whole lot of layers to this. (laughs) A lot of layers. And I love the breathing side of it. I just, I started acupuncture a few weeks ago and I cried on this person's uh, bed and I apologize, mind and body here in Frajam for crying on on this treatment bed. Um, But I hadn't realized that I didn't breathe. I was like, something's happening here. And I don't, I think I'm having a heart attack. She's like, baby, you're not breathing. I was like, oh, I know. Because sometimes, you know, like you have like all these emotions come up to you and it's like overwhelming you. And that's why I think Sharon and I got into coaching and I'm I'm making an assumption that that's why like your foundation is, is such a thriving part because even though there's so many people in this world doing coaching, life coaching, professional coaching, mindfulness, kind cultures, wellness, well-being, support community groups there's so many people doing this work but we're also going through a loneliness pandemic where people are feeling more and more lonely every day and I just I don't understand I'm trying I'm doing a lot of research and trying to understand like what's this gap what's this gap how do I I figure it out how to you know because being lonely is just it's it's a terrible thing and especially like you know what your own mind plays tricks on you at that time when you don't have a community group um 100 yeah and I just I think personally like for me culturally for my own culture I I wouldn't be here today doing the work that I'm doing had I not experienced like my life in in my community and be taught the things that I was taught where you rely on that community to thrive and to survive as well. So, 
yeah you know and I'm just we you guys were talking about boundaries earlier and the thing about boundaries is for like what we're doing with these kids we're essentially making sure that they're connected with their inner dialogue that is the goal right and as people get connected with their inner dialogues they understand their core values they understand where those things come from and then eventually people start setting boundaries the thing about boundaries and i'm learning this too do not get me wrong i am speaking as i am a guinea pig in the process you know but the thing about boundaries is you got to put them out in a place from a place of love if you put them out from a place of resentment or anger you're actually just isolating yourself because you're not giving a moment to connect with the with the disconnect whether it be with the person or their or their reaction like one of the reasons that i've set a boundary is not necessarily out of anger for any people that i don't necess- i don't talk to anymore but it comes from a place of i have a story i can't shove my story in order to please you my story does exist but i'm not going to hold on to the pain of my story to address you i'm not so and I don't want to do that. But if you expect me to forget my story so that we can just move on, that's also not going to happen. So I welcome you from a place of love, but we have to exist in all the things that have created us to this point. And with these kids, like a lot of things that they're going through, if you don't talk to them, if they don't let these things come out of them, they start feeling resentment over time and their boundaries come from resentment from not wanting to engage with the world from defense mechanisms like the whole thing just creates an isolated society and so that's why we have to be able to process our feelings we have to be able to stay in tune with our inner dialogue and have to be able to process our experiences yeah and where does that resentment come from right an unmet need there's Mm -hmm. a need that isn't being met and it's that being heard and being listened to and I think it's it's seemingly so simple right just listen and listen to understand but it's also a very difficult thing as well too like it's just yeah so Sherry I know you wanted to hop in here and say something because I know we're getting we've we've gone for a while here you know honestly I just you know I think I first of all I I just I'm, I'm going to have a lot of things that's coming up but the biggest piece is that everybody needs to listen to your podcast. Like all our listeners out there, if you, it's, if it's something that has resonated with you, which it, I'm I'm sure it has been plenty if it's like me, because honestly, I need a journal and um need to go sit outside, put my feet in some grass. That's how I'm feeling at the moment. Um, I, I would say that this is really important. The messages that you have, the stories that you are about to share, the experiences, um, or even the topics that you're choosing to going to choose to talk about are going to be important because your perspective and the journey and the work and the way that you story tell about your lived experience is going to change people, right? And I think once again, when we talk about this work, diversity, equity, inclusion, or building community or building legacies and having missions and passions, the part that we often forget, and maybe this is also my reflection is just it's really important for us to make sure that we are showing up authentically in our own story and where we are and where we have been and where we're trying to go and, and be authentic in a, in a real way. Like, I think we use that word all the time and we really just throw it around and not really do the work that really causes you to say, 
listen, I had a boundary that no longer works for me. Now I need to pivot, right? Or, hey, listen, I thought I addressed this need. Now something else is coming up for me. Or, hey, my inner child is not getting enough space. I need to do these things to make sure that it's getting the care. I mean, like all of those things. And I think to your point about loneliness and isolation is that, you know, without constantly trying to grow and really work on your yourself, you get into a space where isolation is allows you to protect yourself from it. <laughs> Cause that voice, you could choose any voice you want, including your own to tell you whatever you want. And there's not nobody there to really challenge it because you're going through kind of what I call the hamster wheel of yourself. And I'm just saying, listen, growing requires community, right? There's an individual part, there's a community part, there's a family part, there's a team part. But at the end of the day, it's something that you start with yourself, but you have to do it with others. And however you, whatever that is, even with an accountability, even if that's having the hard conversation, even if that's going to a yoga session and breathing it out with somebody, like with a community who believes in that type of work, find your kind place where you can grow and just deal with whatever is in that moment. And I just, I really have an appreciation for that. Like I, it's really showing up strongly for me, but I think the world need pot, your podcast, right? And there's tons of podcasts out there, but I'm telling all our listeners, like y'all need to go listen to this because one generationally, you are the generation that is, is setting the tone around the language we need for personal growth and accountability in our communities. And this is the voice of the, this is the voice of the people who we need to listen to. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has, and to your point, it has nothing to do with maturity. It has everything to do with like, we're all living this experience and there is an experience that's being underrepresented. And it's the voice most often by your generation. It's like, Oh, we got to wait for them to get to a certain oh, age. Wait. before We listen. Mm -hmm. We were told <laughs> too many times. And you know what? Like my generation was like, Oh, well, I'll wait until something, somebody gives me something good. No, you go get it. Okay. You make that path, go get it because it's not coming, right? Like life is going to, life is going to continue happening. Nobody's going to give it to you. You got to go get it. And I, and I love, and I, I absolutely do that. And I would say, yes, there's a ton of podcasts out there. There's not enough podcasts that talk about the good stuff, the kind culture, the community and and if you think about like when you scroll through netflix when you scroll through uh hulu whatever what are all the shows that are on right i always go back to like be careful how you're surrounded i do not follow negative uh instagram accounts i don't you put one negative thing you complain and i'll give you one chance and then by two three times like we are done you are being hidden Cause I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign up for that. <laughs> you could speak; it's your voice. You can do whatever you want to, but I can also choose not to listen to it. So I think, yeah, Sherry, you like, I think that's a beautiful podcast to to show and please sign up. And can also we be a guest? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I was over here. I need to bring y'all to me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it for real, December. <laughs> Well, no, Charlie, you tell everybody that. about the podcast before we close out. And we usually close on a reflection. So we would love to hear what, you know, what's important to you as well. So absolutely. So my podcast is basically here to focus on enriching and empowering the human element. So this is to give people a chance to tell their story of perse perseverance, 
innovation, philosophy, curiosity, and knowledge. What does it mean to enrich and empower the human element? It means to prioritize connecting people's experiences, communicating concerns, and bonding a community through discourse. So that is what I'm all about. An experience is not there to necessarily bog you down. You are here to learn. We are all here to grow. I always say this on my podcast, like you might hear me with an opinion today and you might hear me change my opinion later, but that is growth. That is growth. And it is about time that we start accepting that in public with other people, because I could have an opinion all day. But if a person who is speaking to me from lived experiences has a story to tell, I better listen. I better listen and I better give them that space. So I'm here to really just connect and share experiences. I'm super excited for all the lovely guests that I'm bringing on. And this is also a shout out. My my podcast really prioritizes people that just have an interesting story. So if you guys know anybody that you're like, dude, I've heard their story. I love what they're about. Send them my way. There is no criteria for who I'm trying to bring on the podcast. I'm just here to share stories and connect us. Oh, so we have that so, is what the Sochi podcast. I was about to say, Go to we our guest consider list. that you, done. You tell us who you want to hear from our guest list. We'll send them straight to you yes. because yes, we. Listen, yeah. you got to tell me what type of the resilient story, because listen, that list too long, girl. I'll be like, uh-uh, you need to tell me what type of, what what kind of type of story you want to hear, because you want shenanigans with survival, or you want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. go, girl, go. You know, like, you got to tell me, because some of them stories, when Liz be talking about flannel shirt days, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you got to, we got to weed some things out. Like, we done live, live. We got people who live, live. Hey, that's I, a very I important wanna... movie for our, our community. So we definitely, yeah. Anyways, we'll go into that later. We'll get into a a, a movie festival later. I love it. So, we're Again, so proud of you. So proud yeah, of you. Send us your, how, where, so, so where's your Instagram? How can they follow you? Is it Apple Music? Yes. So we will be officially releasing around the 1st of November. Um, so none of our none of our episodes, nothing is out yet. I am turning 23 this year. It's a birthday gift to me. It's like me giving myself the mic and it's like, hey, yes. here we go. You know, so um, I will be releasing it in November. Just keep a lookout for the Sochu podcast. I will send my favorite aunties all of the socials so that they can Thank let you guys know. Yes. But that is what I've got for you right now. And like I said, all of my guests, I am super thankful for entertaining the curiosity of their mind and the vulnerability of their heart. So whenever you guys listen, just just listen in. Just listen yes. in. Some of us just need to practice our it. listening, including me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm gonna bring my our listeners, story. you're up. Make sure you're make you're sure up. you subscribe. And make sure you sign up to tell your story because there is a, a, so many people right now like, oh, I don't have anything interesting to say. Oh, you do. Everybody. You do. Like I yes. said. No story is too small. If you learn something from it, if you know what it is about, I'm here for it. I'm here for you. Well, Sherry, you thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Um, I gosh, I think the whole podcast is basically a reflection for me. Um, I think prompting that inner child question for me was a big powerful moment. Like having to kind of go answer that and put that in the that mirror in front of my face. And I think that one as well is that mirror like the community acts as a mirror for you it forces you to put that mirror up yourself and that's that's a hard thing to do but that's why you have that community to either either keep you accountable provide kindness 
um, provide support, push you, um, you know, all those different things. So I think that's what I'm taking away from today's episode and just gratitude. And thank you so much for agreeing to be in our podcast, for being patient with us, for hearing all of our shenanigans. And um, I appreciate you so much. Thank you guys so much. I hope every listener has a fabulous rest of their day. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, see y'all later. Catch us at morethanwhitepodcast.com. See you later.